Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, June 12th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. Hey, how's everyone doing? How's everyone doing today? Um, I have to tell you, I'm still here in in Florida. Still here in Florida. And uh, it's been pouring. It's just, there was just a... a downfall, <laughs> a downpour of, uh, of heavy torrential rain, good old Florida style rain for about an hour and just incredibly loud thunder and lightning. And I guess the kind of storms you really only get here in Southern Florida. So that was uh, exciting. And I just finished watching, just ended seconds ago, the Miami Denver NBA Finals, and Denver has closed it out. It's all over. So they're not very happy here in Miami today. And I suspect they won't be very happy in Southern Florida tomorrow when the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup. So it's going to be a tough couple of days here in Southern Florida. But they both teams made it to, you know, when you have two teams that make it to the NBA and and Stanley Cup Finals, it's a pretty good year. First, it's no team was supposed to go anywhere near the finals in their respective leagues. So there's that. But the game just ended a few seconds ago. Oh, boy. Yeah, so um, hopefully the Wi-Fi stays strong tonight with the strong storms moving through here. And, uh, you know, it's amazing because walking around uh, Miami downtown or uh, Fort Lauderdale area, South Beach, it's really amazing how you don't see any – Closed doors. None. You don't see one closed store where, as everyone knows, in the major cities run by by blue politicians like my San Francisco, everything's closed. Everything's closing. Every day another store is closed. You know, we just – there's another mall closed. Not just a store. The whole mall is closing in San Francisco, the Westfield Mall. We were hearing about stores inside the mall closing, and now the mall's bankrupt. So that mall's going to close. Um, it's a total disaster. And once again, the politicians in these cities like San Francisco get away with lying to their constituents, and their constituents are so dumb, they believe it. It's like, oh, COVID happened. There was nothing we could do. Oh, well, it'll be back in a few years. And then you come to Florida and you say, no, COVID happened here too, but not one store is closed. Not one store is closed in South Beach. They're all open and thriving. And that's because they didn't close down for two years. You see, when you close down for two years, your business goes away. Your your uh, employees go away and people don't come back. Your employees don't come back and the customers don't come back. That's what happens when you close for two years. So these things didn't happen here in Southern Florida. So it's thriving. Southern Florida is thriving. And so once again, we have to blame the politicians. But the people in San Francisco, because they don't leave their three-block radius, don't see the way things are. Okay? So they... Buy it. They go, oh, what can you do? It must be like this everywhere. It must be like this everywhere. Oh, and, and by the way, if there are some stories about, you know, 
the economy being great in Florida. It was, you know, because he DeSantis killed everybody. So there's a trade-off. So these people believe this nonsense. They believe this total bullshit that's shoved by London Breed and the hair gel king of California and other politicians um, who lie. They lie and they use COVID as an excuse. Once again, when you come to a place like Southern Florida and you see how businesses are thriving and the economy's thriving, the more you want the politicians in cities like San Francisco to be locked up. And I'm serious. I, I don't mean just kicked out of office. I mean locked up. They should be in jail. They should be in prison for what they did to people. Absolutely. They had a choice, you see. It's not like a gun was being held to their head. They had a choice. They could have done things the way Ron DeSantis did things or the way Greg Abbott did things or the way uh, uh, Kemp did things. But they decided not to. They decided to do things the other way because the right way was seen for some strange fucked up reason as being the Trump way, which doesn't make any sense because Trump was all for the lockdowns. So as usual, Trump is on the Democrat side with a lot of this stuff, the vaccines, the lockdowns. He's on record as saying he's glad he locked down all that stuff. So I don't understand. They just perceived they perceived because their friends in the media and liberal media perceived the idea of staying open as being MAGA. Right. So they had to do the opposite. They had to mask mask up and all that nonsense. And so they destroyed the economy. They destroyed society. They destroyed their societies that they run, that they rule over. So they should really be in jail. And like I said, when you come to a place that's open and thriving, the more you realize that how devastating those decisions were in places like San Francisco, where everything is closing down or they're trying to figure out ridiculous ways where you can shop in a pharmacy like Walgreens, where they can exist without having to close down because of all the looting and all the robbing and all the theft in in those uh, drugstores there that they don't have here. So, and you know they don't have it here, like I said, because nothing's under lock and key. So you know that they don't have a huge shoplifting issue here. So once again, when you get out, when you leave your little two or three block radius and you actually get out there and live life and see the way things are, that the grass is indeed greener, on the other side, to use a cliche, um, the more you realize how devastating it was and how disastrous their policies were and how these people should be nowhere near public office. They should be behind bars for what they inflicted on millions and millions of people. And the dichotomy is just every, everywhere. It's not just with the economy. It's not just with tourism. It's not just with the the, the, the people in the sh- filling up the streets, the, the culture thriving. It's not, it's all of that stuff, but it's also other stuff like uh, homelessness. Yeah, of course there's homelessness everywhere. You'll see a homeless person here and there in Florida, but you don't have the camps. Those, you know why you don't have those uh, encampments? Because they don't allow it. They don't allow it. It's pretty simple. You can't put it up because they'll tear it down. It's real simple, right? You put up a tent in the middle of a block, we tear it down. Simple stuff. So therefore, people who want to build tents and live in tents um, know they can't come to Florida. They know they have to go to New York and San Francisco and Portland and Seattle. They know they have to go there because you can't build the tent. They, they allow the tents there. Not only do they allow the tents, 
Now they want San Francisco residents to self-fund heavyweight planters to block the homeless encampments. Okay, so San Francisco residents in the Mission District, by the way, there was also a huge shooting in the Mission District over the weekend, which I'll talk about in a bit. But San Francisco residents in the Mission District are fed up by homeless encampments, raised over 25 grand to install sidewalk planters to block homeless people from setting up tents there. Locals told the Chronicle that Harrison Street had been taken over by encampments for the past three years and was in terrible shape. Neighbors described being threatened with violence as they passed by these encampments. They revealed they were forced to take action because they didn't have help from the city. We're a growing group of 50-plus neighbors who want to make our street more beautiful, but the city won't do it for us, so we're taking the lead in doing it ourselves. The neighbor said on their GoFundMe page, they said the 1,400-pound planters were suggested by District Supervisor Hillary Ronan's office because they were too heavy to move and they complement the streetscape. The Chronicle report the city had more than 7,754 homeless people with nearly 4,400 sleeping on the streets in a tent or in a vehicle in 2022. One-third of the U.S.'s entire homeless population <clears throat> and half of all unsheltered homeless people live in the state of California. A report from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development said <clears throat> last year, sorry, one resident who lives near Harrison Street told the paper she regularly reported drug use at the encampments to city services, but her requests were ignored. On the way to a community meeting about the problem, she had the homeless there threw alcohol at her. I don't understand, she said. I'm hopeless and honestly depressed. More and more tents are showing up in my neighborhood, and once they're up, there's no way of removing them, according to the city. Well, yes, there is. The city can go around destroying them, getting rid of them. The police can go around knocking them down the way they would do here in South Florida. Why don't they ask? You see, once again, so the, the, the residents will believe the politicians where they say once the tents go up, they can't take them down. That's like saying we have mob rule, right? Once the mob decides to do something, well, the politicians can't do anything about it, right? They can't do anything about that. It's amazing how they can do things about guns. They can put in a million fucking gun laws that don't do any good because there were shootouts and shoot-ups in California all the time anyway. But this whole idea where if, if, if someone puts up an illegal encampment, the city can't do anything is total bullshit. They don't want to do anything. Here in, Southern, here in Florida, they would destroy them. They would get rid of them. And once you start destroying them, all you have to do is set a precedent, maybe do it for a month. Right? So that's the point. Okay, so I, I certainly understand why they're doing it. I think it's a sad state of affairs for our city that citizens feel they need to barricade the streets to prevent unhoused folks from setting up. The neighbor said the supervisor's office got the idea for the planters from another Mission District neighborhood, which adopted a similar strategy. They hope their project can be a model for other neighborhoods dealing with encampments. Once again, this is the sad thing about California, is they're making the citizens do all the work. They're making the citizens take this action of having to raise money and build planters in order to keep the homeless encampments out. So instead of doing the right thing, 
and simply making it unwelcome, unwelcoming for the homeless camps. They're telling the people who pay $4,000 a month, well, you got the money, raise some more money and, uh, and do your own thing. Try to figure out your own way of, uh, of keeping the homeless out. This is not a civilization. This is a shithole. This is a shithole. It's not a fucking civilization. Are you kidding me? And yet there are plenty of people there who will be opposed to even this. They will say, oh, no, no, you're making it difficult for the homeless people to set up camps. Where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? And then when those people are hurt or killed, they know people who are hurt or killed by nutjob homeless people with uh, mental illnesses, which are most of them, then they, then they don't know where to go. Then the, who do they blame then, right? So it's the whole idea that the citizens of these places allow this kind of stuff. They allow it. They don't hold their leaders' feet to the fire and say, you have to take care of this. Why can't you do what they're doing in Florida? Okay, Why can't you do what they're doing in other places? Why? Why can they do it there, but you can't do it here? It's the same country, by the way. It's not a different country. It's the exact same country. So the fact is, once again, when you're in a place like Florida and you see how things are here, it makes you even more disgusted at the way they are in San Francisco and other cities run by Democrats, states run by Democrats. And you have this happening over and over again, and things are not getting better. They're only getting worse. They're only getting worse. That's it. Remember they were going to call in the National Guard to help with this? Well, where is it? This was like that was like three months ago. Where where's the where's the National Guard? Where are they? I don't see them anywhere. I don't see them in the streets in San Francisco. I don't. I don't see them anywhere. That was supposed to be the cure, right? Bring in the National Guard. And nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Crime is going through the roof, homelessness through the roof, drug dealing through the roof, fentanyl deaths. Through the, they don't even, let me tell you something. Here in Florida, they don't even talk about fentanyl. There's no discussion about fentanyl. A lot of them here don't even know what fentanyl is. Do you, I want you to understand that. A lot of people in Florida don't even know what fentanyl is because there's not an issue here the way it is in California, the way it is in New York. It's not an issue in Miami the way it's an issue in New York City or San Francisco or Portland or Seattle or Los Angeles. So we are in a very, very difficult place in these cities where the people get desperate and then they do something like this where they raise money when, that, when that's exactly what the government should be doing. The government should be doing this. The government should be preventing these homeless camps from coming from building being built the, the the residents shouldn't have to do it but they're desperate but their desperation as i said a million times before is being brought on by their themselves they've caused their desperation by electing these people who won't destroy the homeless camps who won't do the sweeps who won't do what they'll do in Texas, what they'll do in Georgia, what they'll do in Florida, they won't do it. So 
when you keep on electing these people, this is what you're going to get. It's very simple. It's a doom loop. They call about doom loop. That's a doom loop where you keep on electing people who keep instituting policies that make all this worse, not better. When we have the blueprint for the policies that work, because all you have to do is come here to Florida. All a politician in California would have to do is travel to Florida and talk to the politicians here. But no, they can't do that, you see, because then they'd be talking to Republicans and taking advice from Republicans. Well, God forbid, even though the Republicans have to have, 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 um, developed a livable, civilized society. They have a real civilization where people have a high quality of life. But they can't talk to these people because you simply can't talk to Republicans, right? You can't get advice from Republicans, God forbid, even though their cities are in just much better shape than yours. But the blueprint's out there. You know, if they want to, they can use it. It's not like... This is brain surgery. It's not like this is stuff we haven't seen before. It's, it's simply the fact that these people at the, in their hearts, even though things are so bad, even though they can't walk down the streets, even though they're afraid to walk down the streets, in their heart of hearts, these nut job liberals think that the homeless people have a right to do this stuff. So if you're coming from that angle, you're not going to want any real change because the change Micah Chopley's talking about, you won't, you won't like. You don't like that idea of, of destroying these tents so people don't do it anymore. You don't want, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do sweeps. You don't want to make it so it's not comfortable for and welcoming for people to build up tents in the middle of streets, destroying society. It destroys society. It makes it look like a fucking pile of shit. But you don't want to do anything to change that. So once again, here's the, here's the issue. You get what you deserve, right? You get the representation you deserve. You get the life you deserve. You get the society you deserve. The problem is it brings all of us other down with you fucking morons who allow this kind of stuff. It sucks us into it, which is why San Francisco's population went down by, what, 10, 15 percent over the last few years? Because a lot of people said we're not going to get sucked down into it. The lucky ones, the ones who were able to move, said uh, we're not going to allow them. We're not going to live like this. Why do we have to live like this? Why? When they're not living like this in Georgia, when they're not living like this in Texas or Arizona, Florida, Iowa, Nebraska, I can name about 40 other states. Why do I have to live like this in California? Why do I have to live like this in San Francisco? Why? I'm just not going to do it anymore. So that's what a lot of people have, have said, right? That's what a lot of people have said. And that's why the population has, has dropped so much. Um, but like I said, you, you can uh, have disdain for the way it is in San Francisco. But when you leave for a while and come to a place like Florida, you really understand how bad it is. You really get it. And you really understand that it doesn't have to be that way. Once again, this is not brain surgery, okay? This is not something that hasn't been done before. It's right here and it's working. But 
the voters in California don't want it. And the leaders in California don't want it. And this is what happens. And all they do, all they say then is we, they blame something like COVID and they say, Oh, it'll, it'll get better. It'll get better. Don't worry that everything's closing. Other things will take their place. So they lie. They lie. They always promise a better future that never happens. Democrats love, liberals love promising a better future that never happens. And we saw that with Gavin Newsom, right? When he became mayor of San Francisco and said there'd be no more homelessness by five years ago, 2018. And homelessness has gotten so much worse. You know, so it's the, it's these promises that elect me. And I promise in a decade, there'll be no more homelessness. Then in a decade, homelessness is 20 times worse. And this is what the Democrats do. And it's what they get away with because their voters are just morons. That's what it comes down to. You're a moron. If you vote for people who make your life miserable, <clears throat> you're paying $5,000 a month. Think about this. There are people in San Francisco in New York paying three, four, five thousand dollars a month for rent, and their quality of life is exponentially lower than people here in Florida paying six hundred, eight hundred, a thousand for rent. See if that does that make any sense to you? That someone paying seven hundred dollars a month for rent has a much higher quality of life than someone paying five grand a month for rent? Economically, does that is that feasible to you? Is there any common sense to that formula? But that's the way it is. And you can go through 95% of this country where rents are so much lower, astronomically lower than places like LA, San Francisco, and New York, and Seattle and Portland now as well. But their quality of life is so much better. I don't understand. The people in these places don't ask that simple fucking question. Why is someone that's paying 15 times less rent than I am have a quality of life that's 15 times better? Are these are, are people just fools? Are we just fools to pay this kind of money? Are you just morons, just idiots to pay this kind of money? Just dopes, mooks to pay this kind of money and get the quality of life or the lack of quality of life that we have? I mean, that's it's a simple question. No one seems to ask it. No one seems to ask that question. If you're paying 5000 a month for rent, shouldn't your quality of life be, all right, at least as good, if not considerably better than someone paying 500 a month? What are you paying for? You're paying to be uh, tortured? You're, you're paying to be a uh, masochist? At the, at the behest of these sadistic politicians? Is that what you're paying for? If, if that's what you like, if that's your kink, hey, man, do it. But I guess most people are not into that kink. So they have to ask themselves, what, what are we doing? Why am I doing this? Why? And it only gets worse in California. Um, I've talked about the disgusting, vile, evil Scott Wiener many times. And uh, here's another law that Wiener and his Democratic colleagues in California want to pass. This is a, a bill, a law, that would take children away from their parents who won't help them get sex changes. You heard that right. It would take children away from parents who won't help their children get sex changes. Not not parents who allow their children to get sex changes. Not parents who are all in on their children getting sex changes. 
the way laws in like normal places like Florida set up, like Ron DeSantis and the state legislator here made it illegal parents and doctors, right, to allow a sex change for a minor, right? That's illegal. That that That's what you call normal, right? That's what you call having a fucking brain and living in reality and being a normal, sane person. Putting in a law that says you cannot contribute to sex, you cannot have a minor get a sex change, okay? You can't perform a sex change on a minor. As a parent, you can't have your child have a sex change, all right? That's common sense. Now, California's doing the opposite of Florida. They want to take the parents away from children who they don't allow to have sex changes. Here, California Democrats are now considering a bill that would cause parents to lose their children in custody disputes if they do not favor pushing them into irreversible sex changes. It can only get worse from there. The California bill, currently being considered in the legislature, would include a parent's affirmation of the child's gender identity as a tenet of the health, safety, and welfare of a child in a custody dispute. The bill is being pushed by State Senator Scott Weiner, who is behind most of the terrible gender-based policies in California. Weiner introduced the Sanctuary State Law for Child Sex Changes and led the push to lessen the penalty for intentionally exposing people to HIV, which he claimed was an LGBT issue. The bill is co-authored by Assemblywoman Lori Wilson, who's also pushing a bill to mandate that foster parents promise to help children get irreversible sex changes. Wilson used the example of a seven-year-old who is talking about having the potential to say, being able to articulate they believe that they are not the same gender as they are biologically, that it should be affirmed. Again, she is saying a seven-year-old who thinks she may or may not be in the right gender, should be whisked into puberty blockers, hormone replacements, and sex change surgeries. Unsurprisingly, the example Wilson used is her own, asserting that if you don't do the same, you are rejecting your child. It is a very short path from asserting that courts in an intra-parent custody dispute should penalize a parent who won't affirm transgender delusions for their children to saying that the state should take custody away from both parents if they refuse to begin sex changes for their children. If not affirming your child's self-professed gender affects their health, safety, and welfare in custody disputes, why would the same not apply to both parents rejecting their child? We've already seen cases where teachers leading gay and transgender clubs recruit children into them behind their parents' backs and coach them through social transitions without informing their parents, even exploiting children dealing with mental health issues in the process. This bill would set the stage for those teachers to claim that parents are abusing children by not affirming their transgenderism. This is not a slippery slope. It's a cliff dive. There are no logical guardrails that will prevent California Democrats from immediately expanding this from custody disputes, which is already a gross injustice, to all parents at any time. It's despicable. And yet in deep blue California, it is a very real threat now facing parents across the state. This is what Gavin Newsom calls free California, where they want to take children away from parents if they don't give them sex, their children sex changes, if their children want sex changes. You can't give a child liquor. You can't give a child a cigarette if they want a cigarette, right? But 
if a child says at seven years old says, I want to be a boy, I want to be a girl. And the parent says, no, fuck, you're not doing that. They can take the child away from the parent. This is how fucking sick California is. This Scott Wiener is one of the sickest fucking grotesque individuals in the world. Someone, someone at some point needs to give him his comeuppance because this guy is disgusting. He's gross. He's a groomer. He's a sick fuck. And he should be nowhere near children and he should be nowhere near politics. But in California, he's welcome in politics. In California, he's welcome in politics. Parents should give this guy what he needs. A good, quick, swift kick in the ass and out of office. This is more than just this this thing the Democrats are doing now where they want to override parents, where they want the government to be the parent of the child, right? Not the, uh, not the actual parents. They don't care about parents' rights. This is even, this is how many steps worse, many steps worse, right? Where they now want to take the child away from the parent. If the parent simply, simply uses their uh, parental guidance, and decides that, you know what, maybe a seven-year-old doesn't really know yet what they are. Maybe if a seven-year-old is going through this gender dysmorphia, they should go into therapy because it's a mental illness. And, of course, this is the other thing that Democrats want. They want us to believe this is not a mental illness. It is a mental illness. It's been a mental illness through the ages. It's a mental illness. It's a sickness. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means they need help, right? That's all. But Scott Wiener is preying on these people. Once again, this is what Scott Wiener does. He's in office simply to push sick sexual fetishes, his pedophilia, his grooming, and make it into law to destroy children at his own, uh, uh, his, for his own purient, purient, uh, um, desires. That's what he is. That's why he's in office. And he knows the only place where there's a place for him to do this is California. Uh, specifically, San Francisco. He couldn't win in Anaheim. He couldn't win in San Diego. This guy might not even be able to win in L.A., but he can certainly win in San Francisco. So he's found his niche. He's found his niche. But the voters allow it. Once again, just talking about the crime, talking about the economy, talking about the homeless camps, the voters allow it. They keep on voting him in because there are a lot of six fucks in that community in San Francisco, too. Right. The, the voting base has a lot of very sick individuals who vote these people in and give them power. These people don't have any power without the voters. They don't get there by osmosis. They get there by being elected. Hey, Bill, how are you? Uh, Mike, so hey. you're still on the, still on the East Coast? I'm still in, so, so, so what do they call this? Southern, Southern, Southern Florida. Southern Florida. South nice. Florida. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just uh, check the, you know, see, I don't know, I had an intuition. I said, I don't know, when you're coming back? I'm, I'm, <laughs> Every, now everyone's like, why are you on 8 o'clock? Uh, you know, why are you on 8 o'clock Pacific? Yeah. <laughs> we're expecting you at 11 o'clock Pacific. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. You got another week? You got another week out there? 
Yeah, I think I'll be on the East Coast probably through the week. Yeah, probably through the week. That's right. That's what I'm thinking at this point. You know, you, you know, you better be careful. I had a two-week trip planned to California in the uh, early 90s. I stayed 23 years. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Bill, it's really difficult. As I said early on in the show, and I said last week, when you're here in Florida and you, say that we, you see the way things are and – there's not one business closed and there's very few homeless and there are no homeless yeah. tents or camps and there's no, yeah. you know, urine and feces on the streets and the economy's thriving and all the businesses are open and tourism is booming, especially wow. on the weekends. There are tons of people. Do you want oh, to go wow. back? I, I'm asking that rhetorically. Do I want to go back? Yeah, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Hey, Bill, I, I got I got this friend who's not sure if he wants to go back. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't blame him. I know. So I'm trying to give him advice on whether he should he should go back or not. You know? What's the hurry? You can do well, your radio. You know, I, yeah. I do have to. I do have to. I can't. I have. I have to. You, you know. Do? Believe okay. me, if I didn't have to, I absolutely wouldn't. I wouldn't. Well, now look, uh-huh. I'm not saying I'd want to live like in Southern. I'm not saying I want to live like in South Beach, because it is very touristy. You yeah. know. Look, South Beach is like um, New Orleans. It's like Vegas. Mm -hmm. You know, so do I want to – I lived in Vegas. But do you want to – do I want to live in Vegas again? Would I want to live in New Orleans? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's just – it's just too much tourism. Right. And as you know, certain points of the year, I mean, it's overrun by young young miscreants. (laughs) I had my my trips to Miami. I I was down there, Daytona. Yeah, I, I did that. It was yeah, Daytona my, Beach is further north, a little bit different, but, you know. Yeah, but we, my brother was exploring. He ended up at University of Miami, my brother. So part of it was we were kind of just driving around Florida, and uh, that was part of it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I get you. We were I mean, this checking is, out this thing. South Beach, Miami Beach, Beach is a little bit of – it's like a – it's a cross – I'm not saying it's not nice. Look, the weather's yeah. nice. The beach is beautiful. The sure. food is good but very expensive. You know, it's kind of like uh, southern – it's kind of like Southern California shallow crossed with New Orleans shady and a little ah. bit of both, you know, but yeah. it's still fun, you know. But once again, it's not a – I do know people who live here. I, I don't know how they live here. But uh, uh, as far as like a vacation place where you just yeah. want to get away and forget the way it is back in your blue city, yeah. this is a very this is a very cool destination. What What keeps you out in California? Oh, well, you know, it's a mixture of everything. It's a mixture of economics. I have an apartment out there. I have a roommate, you know. Um, oh, okay. So it's, 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 not, it's not something I can just, like, you know, step away from. I have, like, responsibilities. So okay. I have to, you know, I, I just can't. It's, it would be, let's put it this way, it would be incredibly selfish and irresponsible if I didn't. Uh, you, know, you know, if I just left. But I can transition. Sure. I can do my own transition. <laughs> You know? And as an adult, I have the right to transition. You know. Yeah, you do. And speaking of transitioning, right? We're yes. there, right? Oh my God! What insanity! I mean, this is an abuse of children through the uh, cultural sickness. There's no way, uh, even in my opinion, uh, a teenager who's going through hormonal changes, natural hormonal changes, uh, can make decisions about their gender identity. I think that's that's delusion. And uh, obviously, 
we're biological male female there's no altering that so uh, i think that personally it should be in the parents hands until the kids uh, are 18 or they move out of the house whatever because of course. Uh, you know I, why, why should it be any different you know but for any decisions that the child's going hey listen my mother was like while you're under the roof it's mom's way that's it mom and dad you don't like it you can leave it was pretty straightforward. But you, you know, know, Bill, I, I think there are many, once again, this is just like COVID. I think there are many doctors out there and, and psychiatrists who know this is a mental illness, but are afraid. To yeah. say, isn't isn't that the same as COVID? They were afraid. A lot of yeah. them were afraid to say what it was, to say the vaccine yeah. was crap, to say that masks mm-hmm. didn't do anything. They were afraid to come out and say the truth because of the mob, sure. right? Mob, mob rule. But yeah. I think it's the same thing with this. Especially yeah, the psychiatrists, they know this has been a mental disorder forever. Yeah. They know it is, but they're afraid now because they're afraid of the woke mob to come out and tell the truth. Same deal. Is mm-hmm. I think this has all been pushed from uh, the Rockefeller Foundation to break up the family, no feminism, uh, get the woman out in the workforce rather than raising the kids where they, they could actually guide the children towards a family values, you know, breaking it up from an early age, destabilizing. When we talked about ideological subversion, um, this is coming uh, from a place much bigger than our politics. You know, it's a socialism sort of breakdown of our, and I'm not against socialism on some levels because, hey, let's face it, the big oil, gas, you know, cartels, they pay minimal taxes, they're subsidized. Socialism for the rich happens all the time. You see what I mean? If you actually think about it, uh, you know, they're allowed to offshore their money and blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, we talked about 60 minute piece, uh, you know, uh, anonymous ink, you know, that, that all goes by. They, they know what happens. They don't hire extra tax agents to handle it. You know what I mean? You know, the IRS isn't tackling that. So it's all bought and sold, but, but, uh, I'm talking about an ideology that weakens the family unit and breaks it up. And this whole idea of whether you're male, female, you get to choose. And there's, this is absolute insanity, you know, and I call it out. People don't like it and call in because a lot of people who are, I don't know what to call them. They're of the new age and, uh, you know, alienates them. But I'm like, this is just how I see it. You know, you're, you're gay, you're straight or you're bi and all the rest is absolutely just, you know, my, we didn't wear our sexuality on our sleeves. It's no one, no one's business. If I happen to be heterosexual, I'll say it. But I mean, I'm not walking around the world like, hey, I'm a heterosexual, yeah, and yeah, uh, I know. I know. I'm going to wear clothes that say that, or you know, colors that say yeah. that. Who cares? You know, because it's, as I've said before, Bill, there are people who are you know, uh, lesbian and gay, especially the activists, who don't want equal treatment. They want special treatment. They right, think that's they are true. is special. Which yeah. is why, you know, I, I was just thinking of that. What you just said about, yeah. saying, hey, I, I'm a, people aren't, aren't out there saying, hey, I'm heterosexual. You were thinking well, that too? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, so I'm looking at like um, profiles. By the way, anyone who's, I noticed on Twitter, like when someone responds to something I've said and they, and they respond in a vile way or they write something or something vile, I automatically mm-hmm. go to their profile. And it, it, almost all the time, invariably, They'll have something like my pronouns are right, oh my God, they'll put or or they'll say something like uh, I'm a reporter, I'm a mother, I'm a lesbian. Why? Who cares if you're a lesbian? Hey, exactly. Do I put 
do, do, do you put do, do people put uh, I'm a father, I'm straight? No, of course not. I know. So who cares that you're a lesbian? But what it is is like they want to be special. I'm okay. a lesbian. Yay. Yeah. Who gives a shit? And this is why <laughs> exactly. these people Right, this is why these people are intellectually dishonest because they say they want equal treatment, right? Equal rights. Yeah. No. They want to be special. And they're too yeah. much of the they they're, they're not honest enough to say we want to true. be special. Yeah. And you know you're right. Because they know true. most people would not agree with that with that uh, statement. I want to be special. Most people agree with I want to be equal. Yes. But if you mm -hmm. say I want to be special, most people can be like fuck you. Why are you special? <laughs> so they don't want to say right. So they don't want to say that. But that's yeah. what they truly believe. And and you know it simply from the way they act and talk and the way they present themselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the other thing is, you know, over-sexualization of the youth. Uh, that was always something that was frowned upon, you know, uh, for, for call it straight couples. I mean, it was just like, no, 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 no. Let the children be children. Let them dress like kids, you know. This over-sexualization of the youth is is all part of this, uh, uh, I don't know what to call it, it sickness, right. in my opinion. It is. Yeah. yeah. In fact, there's such a double standard. It's even worse than I just said, if you think about it. Because if someone put in their profile, I'm a proud husband and straight, that person would be considered a bigot, right? Why are you <laughs> proud of being straight? Why? Yeah. Why? It's like you can't put – you can put I'm, a, I'm a, a proud black person, but you can't put I'm a proud white person, right? Yeah. But that's not equal. That's right, not equal exactly. Rights. There's yeah. nothing equal about that. It's it, it's unequal. If you can That's say so. you're a proud lesbian and someone else can't say they're a proud straight, if you can say you're a proud black, black person and someone can't say yeah. they're a proud white person, that's not equality. That's exactly. inequality. Why can't right. they get this through their heads? Are they that dumb? These people with these high IQs and 20 degrees on their walls, are they truly that dumb? Well, you know, the, 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 this, during the BLM movement, I was like, wait a minute, Martin Luther, Martin Luther King was like, all lives matter. What is, and then if you said that, I, I remember saying that when I was on Facebook to somebody, I was, and they were, you know, they were like, oh, they were so upset with me. You don't understand. I'm like, uh, I don't recall Martin Luther King saying just black lives matter. Martin Luther what, King what, would have despised on? the statement black lives matter. He hmm. would have said, no, all lives matter. Exactly. Exactly what he would have said. He would, have yeah. said, he would have said exactly what many people were saying. All yeah. lives matter. So would they have called yeah. Martin Luther King a bigot? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Notice, notice he was never, uh, you would think they would, uh, I don't, I don't want to use the word idolize, but like he would be their, their, I don't know, what's the right word I'm looking for, Mike? Every word I'm choosing isn't right. Like, you know, hey, we're going to uh, repeat what he said. Right. People Malcolm X said, you didn't hear Malcolm hardly anything about those civil rights leaders during this BLM movement. I didn't. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Did I miss something? You know, like you said, you didn't hear people quoting Martin Luther King on a, uh, who were leading the BLM movement. I'm like, what's going on here? You know? I don't know. Whatever. It's no, it's, it's absolutely true. Look, once again, no one says the things I'm saying. I don't want to think I'm special here, but no one is saying these things. Very few people are saying right. these things. Because they're afraid, right? They're afraid yeah. of the mob that they're going to yeah. be marginalized and, you know, and called, called names. Who really cares? Right. But yeah, okay. this is just common sense. And more people need to do this. You need to fight back instead of placating. Because all yeah. people do is placate. 
they placate and they placate. And the question I'd like to ask is, what is the, I always want to know the end game, the exit strategy. Okay. You'll say the, 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 the devil's advocate will say, okay, well, no, uh, we've been fighting for these rights that white people and straight people have had for a very long time. So these rights are new to us. So we have to keep on fighting and I'll say, all right, okay, great. What's the end, what's the end date for that? What's the end date? When do you finally say, okay, we got what we want. We got equal rights. We don't have to constantly say we're proud of being this or proud of that or proud of that. We can just simply be. What is the date? They have no answer for that. They don't want an end date. They want to be special forever. Well, you know, I think, too, there's something that's a real issue is it's a class. A lot of times it's a class issue. You know, like people growing up in Bridgeport, uh, they, they have less economic opportunity if they're coming up. Uh, you know, it's true. In the Bridgeport school system, there's less, especially around here. I mean, we, we're going to get a job and get paid as a living wage. Walmart doesn't. That opened up. And then uh, Home Depot, you're not really – I mean, people can work their way up, Mike, sure. But, you know, it's, it's things are very different. When my, my, my grandma used to say to me, oh, Bridgeport used to be if you lost your job, you walk 10 minutes, get another job, you get – Grandpa worked at Singer, and he was able to buy a house and raise three kids. Mom stayed home. You know what I mean? Things are so different, Mike. I the know. Class, the cost of living is going. I mean, I, I think I told you, my dad bought his house in Trumbull for $16,000. He, he put an addition on and sold it a 47-year-old home 47 years later for $459,000. That's nearly a 3,000% increase, not quite. Whose wages went up that much during that time? You see what I mean? It's yes. just buying a house is, is insane. And then the, not to mention the CPI cost of living index. And it's very different, very different, very different. And so in that regard, you know, that's a real thing. And I think to, to with the outsourcing that we talked about from Ross Perot on, uh, 90,000 manufacturing plants closing, over 5 million jobs. And those are old statistics from what I recall. Uh, on a Tom Brokaw special, I heard that. That was a long time ago when we had, I can't lost track of time, but within the last 10 years, I've never seen that. Uh, so who knows what they are today? And so, uh, you know, this is all part of the controlled demolition of our economy. This is all intentional. Yes. Uh, we, we talked about that. The grand, the transnational corporate uh, exodus, uh, where the uh, labor pool is much larger, the, the market, had more potential to grow in the Asian continents, you know, obviously the landmass, the population. And uh, so from a strictly business point of view, if you were, why wouldn't you set up your manufacturing plant there? You know, you know, yes. Like, yeah. You know, so yeah. that's the real reason. And then to, as uh, we talked about Christina Freeland, uh, I think it's right. Christia Freeland, uh, Trudeau's, uh, uh, what do you call it? Assistant prime minister? What's the right word for, for her? Um, uh, part of the World Economic Forum, it's all about, well, Americans must uh, t- get paid less to compete with the Asian wages and uh, productivity. I mean, what? We freaking crazy people barely <laughs> yeah. pay the yeah. bills now. But that's a, they think on that global scale. They're, they're, that's what they want. That's why, Mike, that's why they keep the undocumented undocumented. Because they could pay them a lot less, Mike. They don't have to pay the benefits. They could set up, uh, have them working 60 hours, not give them time and a half. Happens all the time in Southern Cal when I was there. I know. You know what I'm saying? 
and that's that's intentional. That's that's that's, that's a fully intentional. That's just the greed of the corporatocracy. You know, something I was thinking about was I remember the art of the deal. Remember when Trump yes. was all about that? Yeah, that was a ruthless attitude. He was like he enjoyed crushing people. You know, he talked about that driving people into bankruptcy for him was just his success. You know, so like when he declared six bankruptcies, there are a lot of generational families that had done contract work for him that he wouldn't pay the end of the contract and then they ended up settling on pennies on the dollar that went bankrupt, went belly up. When he declared bankruptcy, other his contractors, other people went belly up. He didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? To him, that was success. That's that's a ruthless business model. You know what I mean? That's 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 not even human. But that's how he operated. That was his whole thing, if you recall. So, right. and his uh, was it his niece talked about how psychologically unwell he was. She was a psychiatrist. Remember, she was on TV a lot for yep. a little while. Yep. yep. This is the man's mindset. So anyone who thinks his changes his stripes, that's all campaign bullshit. Because when he got in office, what did he do? Who did he make his his cabinet members? You know, we talked about this. So. Uh, that's that's we can't go forward with that. That's a delusional uh, misconception. I mean, obviously, it's got anything seems better than Biden, and isn't that isn't that problematic that we're left with choices like that? Well, we're not though. We got RFK Jr. and we got DeSantis. Thank God. You know, at least we got some other options. Uh, uh, thank God. So, uh, but uh, for some reason, I was reminded of of his rhetoric back in the day. And I'm like, this guy's a ruthless SOB. And he didn't care about driving people into bankruptcy and lawfaring them into bankruptcy. To him, it was success. You know, that's who he is. So, of course, that's why his cabinet was Steve Mnuchin, the foreclosure king. You know, there was no accident. Or Alice Acosta, the prosecutor in Florida, they gave Epstein a slap on the wrist because Epstein was his buddy. Here, here's you know what I mean? Here's something that I think you should you'd be interested in. I don't know if you read this. No, go ahead. Pfizer has been caught funneling twelve million dollars to Anderson Cooper. Did you read? Did you read this? No. Uh, to promote mRNA jabs to Americans. So, what? <laughs> yes, yes. This is this is it. This is RFK Jr. Actually, just just uh, uncovered this. According to RFK Jr., very few people are aware of the fact that Cooper gets the majority of his CNN paycheck from Pfizer. Eighty percent. Of Cooper's twelve million dollar annual salary, about twenty, about ten million, comes directly from Pfizer, according to RFK oh, Jr. Shit. Anderson Cooper has a twelve million dollar a year annual salary. Kennedy revealed during the segment. Well, ten million of that is coming from Pfizer. So his boss is not wow. CNN. His boss is Pfizer, and they're unashamed about it. They're unabashed about it. They say on his program, brought to you by Pfizer. Of course, he's not going to tell you the truth about Pfizer's product. He's oh going to try God. to sell it to you. He's going to try to scare the hell out of you, saying if you don't take this, you're going to die. Yep. And we saw that, didn't we? Yep. Right yep. during COVID, of course. All lies. So, uh, uh, to be fair, Cooper's hardly the only mainstream media whore peddling drugs in his version. Of <laughs> it's a lot of them. It's true. A lot, of course. You watch most of these shows, um, yep. most of these networks, and it's one. It's one big pharma ad after another. Yep. The difference is, of course, of course, um, is that on a place like Fox, where they definitely have a lot of big pharma ads, they really don't they didn't push the vaccine 
the way Anderson Cooper and his colleagues in the left-wing media have. So that's an interesting thing there where mm. you have a lot of advertisements on CNN and MSNBC for Big Pharma and on Fox, yet it's only been the basically the ones on CNN and MSNBC who really push the mandatory vaccine stuff, right? A lot of people on Fox were fighting back against the yeah. mandatory vaccine stuff. So. Is it that Anson Cooper didn't want to fight back, that he was afraid to fight back? That What is it? Why would, let's say, Tucker Carlson not have any problem talking about big farm, right? So, yep. But here, here we go. I might be answering my own question. Tucker Carlson's gone, right? Yeah, he is. Tucker Carlson I, had I, no problem. Going, not, not only did he criticize big farm, he went after them a lot, viciously, Yeah. right? He made a, a lot of segments about how evil Big Pharma was, even though there were plenty of Big Pharma ads on Fox. And that could have been part of the problem there, right? Well, it certainly wasn't Dominion because we talked about Sidney Powell not coming on because she didn't have any records. So, you know, Tucker was like, if you're going to come, we'll give you a whole segment, give you a whole week, but you got to come up with some records. So there's nothing he said. Even if he had some opinions prior, he, that flushed it out. So how, this is all bullshit that it had the only thing with Dominion. Uh, because his posture actually boosted them, and if you think about it, you know right. what I mean. So, so that is all rhetoric. That's, well, it, this is really proof, really, of how far the Democratic Party's fallen. Yeah. They should all yeah. be talking about this, and yet they're yeah. not. And who is RFK Jr. Right? It's, yeah, well, it's shocking. It's shocking that the 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 people on the left have mm-hmm. peddled Big Pharma, while the people on right are the ones who are fighting against Big Pharma and criticizing them. It's kind of a topsy turvy world, isn't it? Yeah, well, Ron Johnson, he's been all over this uh, with his roundtable hearings, several of them, along with Ron Johnson. Um, uh, uh, Rand Paul and, uh, of course, Ron DeSantis, we talked about that. Is there anybody else who's come out strong like this? We don't forget, too, these pharma companies fund the medical hospitals in such than the medical journals. Sure. Think about it. Absolutely. It's all bought and sold. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so that's, but that's the. It, it, once again, it's it's such an obvious conflict of interest that you have yeah, a show in the network that's all these big pharma ads, and then mm-hmm. the people who are on those networks peddle big pharma products. Right? They peddle big. Yeah. Pharma. They've told you for two years that if you don't get the vaccine, you're selfish and you're killing everybody. Right? And that you don't deserve to work or fly or have live your life if you don't get the vaccine. And people who watch these networks actually believe them. They don't understand oh, they do. the obvious conflict of interest. I mean, it's such an obvious conflict of interest. You'd have to be a total idiot not to see it. Now, we don't know. You know, RFK revealed how much money of his, how much of his salary is, is really covered from Pfizer, from big pharma ads. I didn't think it would mm-hmm. be 80%. That's whopping amount. Um, but it's obvious if you watch these networks that it's a, this is a conflict of interest with the big pharma ads. Well, I think people are brainwashing to believe in the FDA is a regulatory body that is going to protect us. They don't realize how co-opted they are and that actually our government pays for the vaccine, uh, not just the vaccine. Our, our government pays and subsidizes the pharma companies to experiment, come up with new drugs. That's all paid for by the government. And then then they get a pat and they reap the total gain. It's a total freaking Ponzi scheme, Mike. You know what I right. mean? And the people don't realize that. And I think the FDA is totally uh, in large part funded by pharma. And 
it's all corporate capture. Joseph Ladipo talked about that. Um, and, uh, but you know what I think? There's a certain percentage of people, call it red-pilled people, that, that the left, uh, blue checks are going to think are nuts. And there's no way to, it's just that different. We just see the world differently. We have a different set of reality and facts. And we seek the alternatives. They don't. And it's not their fault entirely because they got a brother, sister, uh, stepsister. They're all in that camp. And they're all intelligent people. It's just the conditioning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, um, and they, I sound like a crackpot to them, you know? And I'm like, no, you're kind of crazy, I think. But that's okay. We could just have our differences. The thing is, when I know it's, it can harm them, I have the best interests in mind. And the more I try and talk about that, the, it just creates more polarization. It doesn't help. Right. Because, you know? uh, right. of course, Fauci keeps affirming and, you know, he's held up as some, some, heroic mascot where he's absolutely not. I mean, and the, all the propaganda around it, uh, like Joseph, Gor- we talked about Gorbels, Gorbels, I always, how do you pronounce exactly? Just tell a lie often and loud enough, people believe it's true, right? right. It's his whole motto. And this is what's happening. It's a mass formation psychosis, like uh, do- uh, Dr. Malone said. And uh, we're just seeing, you know, think, I have to say this much. It's grateful. I'm grateful there's someone like you that I can share this with because they're far and few between, honestly, you know, and um, I I have, I told you, a good friend of mine died after a second shot, stepsister died, but of course, no one believes it has anything to do with that in the family, their families, Mm -hmm. because they're like, they get the rhetoric like Jamie Foxx, you know, oh, no, 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 it wasn't a vaccine, it was just he's a black man in his 50s and this is fairly common. It happens, you know, more so when uh, uh, someone his ethnicity than not. And it's all lies. You know what I mean? It's uh, and uh, some people don't hear the truth. And uh, anytime a little bit of truth comes out, of course they blackball the person telling the truth. Oh no, no, no! You know, they're, a person's like you said, a uh, gossip columnist. You know, no, no. But have you noticed? Candace Owens commented on on, uh, on Jamie Foxx, and she said, notice something. His family hasn't refuted, made a public statement, refuting that quote-unquote gossip columnist. Gossip columnist. No, he you know didn't. I mean? yeah. That's how she said That's very telling, and she's right. I didn't think of that. I just watched, uh, I guess, for some reason. One of his tonight, PR people, or representative, did say something. Um, about it not being true, but it's, it's this is very simple. Why are there no photos or videos of his recovery? Yeah, why is he talking? I mean, we're talking. I mean, they've been saying, yeah. "Oh, yeah, he's been out of the hospital for weeks. He's playing pickleball." That's so, okay. baloney. Show the video of it. Yeah, like that. If you, Mike, if you were him and you're feeling great and you knew your fans who loved you were concerned about you. You'd want to take to the mic as soon as possible. Hey, I'm doing good. Don't worry about a thing. Anything you heard are just rumors. You know, check me out. You know what I mean? And you show you show them the fact that he isn't doing it is speaking. You know, his silence is speaking louder than anything. Right. In my my opinion, right. you know, because obviously, I mean, I thought the guy was super talented phenom. I'm concerned about him. 
And the fact that he hasn't broken his silence tells me he's hurting. Right. You know, he doesn't want people to see him that way. And so they can, they, they're going to, their PR spin is going to do whatever it takes uh, to protect the image that uh, he's chosen or his PR. He's really managed. You know what I mean, Mike? Oh, yeah. No, no, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, 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 it's absolutely true. But, um, you know, it's, it's this, this thing with, uh, you know, uh, Anderson Cooper and you're going to look, you can make the argument that, I mean, that people are trying to do that on Twitter where it's not technically funneling money. But so what? That's just verbiage. You know, if you're yeah. if 80 percent of your advertising is big pharma, then they're yeah. paying probably 80 percent of your salary. They're paying a big part of yeah. your salaries coming exactly. on the end. That's a, that's a, maybe they don't understand this. These people. That's how that's how these people on CNN, MSNBC, Fox get paid by the advertising. Yep. OK, if there's no advertising, there's no money to pay them. OK, yep. so that's how they get paid advertising. I, I can't believe I have to explain this. So if let's let's put it this way, I'm a very free person. I have no advertising. I don't make any money, but I have no advertising. So I'm free. Right. Yeah. Let's say tomorrow uh, uh, the New York Yankees decide to sponsor my show. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're paying me a hundred thousand dollars a year to do my show. Am I going to criticize the New York Yankees? No. <laughs> First of all, I wouldn't criticize. I do criticize. I'm a Yankee fan. I criticize them all the time. But am I going to criticize? Am I going to bite the hand that's feeding me? Of course not. Of course not. In fact, I might even get in some comments about how great they are. So it's, it's it, come on. This is this is not difficult to understand. This is common no. sense. Yeah. If you know that Pfizer is buying ads and you're getting paid because they're buying ads, you're not going to bite their hand. In fact, you may even push their shit. That's Why is this so yeah. hard? People understand. Who cares if you use the word "funneled"? Who cares? It's ba- it's the same. Yeah. It's the same thing. The same yeah, I'm thing. with you. Well, you know what? I thank God I had a father who sold for J.D. Searle and told me at a young age. He said, "Billy, I'm nothing but a glorified drug pusher." He said to me, literally, when I was eight. You know, he said, "Aspirin comes from white willow bark." He said, and don't let doctor ever tell you. He had a few glasses of wine, you know. Yeah. Don't let ever let any doctor tell you that herbs don't work. Most pharmaceuticals come from herbs, and they all smoke pot, the ones I know, and take opiates. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, so herbs exactly. work, you know. Exactly. <laughs> but they want to get high, you know. And so I followed that, and I expanded on it. And, and you know, and you know what? I, 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 I'm grateful that he planted that seed when I was little and uh, it sprouted and all I can do is share it. And, you know, Mike, we can't change anyone. All we can do is plant seeds and give people a chance to hopefully yeah. see, because uh, we, you know, the thing is we don't want to see people get harmed from this because we know with the catastrophic contagion, John Hopkins university, the world health organization, blah, 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 Bill and Melinda Gates, Gavi, blah, blah, blah. They're going to have a new, Pandemic by 2024, Fauci's already told us, by the end of 2024, and it's going to be big and scary, catastrophic contagion, you know, they use big scary words. It's all fear. It's all about driving fear through fear they gain control. You know what I mean? And that's what they're going to keep doing. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, God, it's a lull before the storm, Mike, you know, and you watch. We keep talking, and those... You watch those international health regulation amendments that Dr. John Campbell talked about, Andrew Bridgen. They're going to get through. They're going to fly through. And we're going to have more 
lockdowns and mandates. It's going to be a freaking nightmare. Because it's going to matter. But so this means, you know, it's going to matter who the president is. It's yeah. going to be a big deal. Who's yeah, well, the president come 2025? That's yeah, be, we can't have Biden. No. Well, that's going to decide whether we, we're a free country or we're an authoritarian country. Now, let me talk to you a little bit about Trump some more. We know he still gets booed by his fans when he talks vaccine, but he's not talking about mandating or anything like that. No. Um, <laughs> so I think, obviously, that's going to be well, better. Well, but he saw how unpopular that was with Republicans. Right. right? So yeah. we don't know what he would have done if he were president, right, originally. Because if you think about it, right. he really pushed the vaccine, right? It was his thing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was Operation Warp Speed. He, he he was very proud mm-hmm. of Operation Warp Speed. So I yeah. don't think it's a stretch to say that he might have been behind the mandate. He could have been if he was still president. Yeah. You're right. Could have happened. Yeah. yeah. Right. But now he sees how it was a losing, a loser. So he's yeah. not going to. Of course, he's going. Of course, now he's going to say he would never mandate it. So I don't know if I believe him though. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, don't forget, what's, didn't he take the stand with, where was his farmer friend there? Was that Purdue Pharma? There was some farmer, he took the stage with some of it, farmer exec, uh, at one of his talks. Um, I remember, the, I, I, I have a vague memory of that. And uh, he's, he's in tight with the corporatists. That's, there's no mistaking that. Where Ron DeSantis clearly doesn't appear to be, because his position with Joseph Latipo is... is Okay, you do what you want, but he talks about the uh, vaccine-averse uh, events. And, well, yeah, uh, the, he talks you know, about how, um, you know, you can't... He talks about... Well, he went after Disney. You, you can't yeah. be a bigger corporation than Disney. That's right. You know, so... He, and he's talked about... You know, he's, he said he said many things that are anti-corporate America. Yeah. You know, where he... he you, you know, they, they have to be reined in. They, they, don't, they don't deserve special tax credits. Yeah, you know, that's so right. There's a lot of stuff that he has uh, has has showed. He's not going to be a suck up to corporate America. Yeah, that's you know. good. Now yeah. let me ask you something else. He's got a reputation at Gitmo as being like the lawyer who's supposed to help represent the inmates, but the inmates had a lot of negative things to say about the torture programs. Did, has he addressed that? Have you heard anything? Because that's come up. I've heard it a few times. Uh, I haven't. I haven't. I don't think. I think because it's such a for many people it's an issue of the past that that hasn't really been brought up it might be at a debate but i haven't really heard many uh people bring it up i haven't heard many uh citizens bring it up to him i I haven't i I don't know i don't think most people know it first of all i don't think most people are aware they know he was military but i don't think they realize the position he was in and do you feel that and this whole idea we have to build up our military, more funding, strong. But that's we're so overloaded, and there's you know there's so much overbilling and waste. They can't even balance the budget. Every Pentagon audit, I mean, to the trillions of dollars. You know what I'm saying? This has to be reined in. This is a monster. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, yeah. that has to be reined in. Yeah. Do you think he's he's got the cojones to address that? What do you think? What's the right word? Just the, you think he sees it? or he, I haven't heard, see, the thing is, I the only thing I know about him is what I heard about him regarding the vaccine, to be very honest with you. I haven't right. studied him. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of questions that are still to be asked. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't know the answer to all of them. Right. You know, um, 
and I think the debates will, you know, will the first one in August will be a big one, right? Sure. And I think that all these kinds of questions should be asked, and it should also be asked of Trump why he yes. continues to push that vaccine. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why does he think he's booed when he does it? Why does he think his crowds, who are basically his cults, who love everything he says, how come with that one thing they boo him? Why does he think that is? That that would be a good question to ask, right? Yeah, well, the other thing is, you know, he went to East Palestine, uh, you know, where the derailment is, and he went to whatever, McDonald's, and bought a bunch of, bunch of people, Happy Meals, and he made an appearance. But that precision schedule railroading, he was right along with all that. So it, that, that has to change. You know, there has to, that has to be brought under control because the longer and longer trains, the more and more, you know, uh, tanker cars and the less and less maintenance it's, that, that, that all has to be changed and that never should have been allowed to go that route anyway right. um, yeah. but that's just a reflecting of the corporatocracy we live in you know yes. all the way around and the one thing you have to say about Robert you know Kennedy Jr. is he's he he's talking about that so that'll be I, man it'd be wonderful to have him face off with the Republicans even if that right. was a special debate I don't yeah. think they would do it, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I understand what you're saying. Sure. Just to bring the issues to the fore, too, and right. get feedback. You know, that'd be awesome. Yeah. But our political system is, I don't know, it, 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 it funnels us into a binary system, you know, two-party system, and you got to make a choice. And and often you choose, and in your mind, the lesser of two evils, honestly. I'm not right. saying that's going to happen this time, but unless unless Ron DeSantis wins the nomination and and Kennedy, I mean that would be a terrific. Wouldn't that be a terrific in a fantasy world? That would, that would be preferable. Yeah. Like to see him merge and somehow one's president, the other one's vice president, personally. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a you know it's 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 a there's a long way to go. You never know what dynamics are going to take place. You know, but you know, I think that. Where everyone's tired. If you look at the polls, everyone's tired of this lesser of two evils nonsense. They're tired of it. They don't want to do that anymore. They want they want they want people they can get behind. You know. Hey, here's an idea. I think we ought to somehow plant the seed through your show. We want to have them both run independent and run as a team. Just freaking, you know, blow up the system. Wouldn't that be well, awesome? Well, you know, you already have Cornell West running as independent. And that's yeah. Democrats are a little frightened of him because he does yeah. have a lot of the Bernie crowd, and yeah. you know he, they, he could take a few votes. I'm not saying he's going to take a lot of votes away from Biden, but he could take a few votes away from him in key areas where it could hurt him, you know, in the general election. So we'll see what happens with that. Bill, Bill, let me let you go. I'm just going to cover a couple of more things. Then. Oh, let me just one one more last quick. When you have a chance, yeah. check your DMs. There's a lot of them, but there's some very revealing things in there we could talk about in the future if you have a chance, when you have a chance. I'll do that. Thank Thanks, you. Mike. I appreciate it. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, J.B. Pritzker. He uh, has signed with their calling. Once again, these are the Democrats trying to control language, and they're very good at controlling language. We talked about the affirmation care instead of just gender uh you know, mutilation, right? Which is what it is. He signed what he's calling, and remember also the don't say gay, right? That's a Democrat, that's a Democrat phrase, right? It's actually, you know, don't say. Uh, 
don't don't talk really don't 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 talk to children about sex change and, and pornography that's the don't say gay bill you know but once again they they win the language the language game and we're seeing it again in illinois where they're calling it an anti-book banning bill today but those bills that they're the the the, the, the books they're allowing now anti-book banning sounds great right right this is it this is that that's once again that's how the left wins this battle by the word game, the language game, okay? What he's really doing is he's allowing pornography in schools. So it's the allow pornography in schools bill, right? So if we call it that, we win the language game. Books uh, that they're going to allow in Illinois are books which teach kids about gay sex, promote sex apps and kink, and contain graphic depictions of sex scenes. As Libs of TikTok says so aptly, why has given a Pritzker so desperate for your kids to read porn? That's a good question. Why? Why is he so desperate to have your kids read porn? Understand that. What is with this Democrats and this grooming? Why do they not allow childhood to be what it needs to be, which is innocent? Why aren't they teaching things like math and English? Why? <coughs> Here are some pages they put up from two of the books which Prisca displayed. For some reason, he didn't show any pages from the actual books that he claims are being targeted by book bans. I, I wonder why. So one of them is Gender Queer. And in this book, I have to describe this to you since it's not a visual medium, Gender Queer, there are photos. And one is one boy sucking another boy's dick. Um... But I can't, and then they have, you know, the, the little bubbles with the thoughts and the language. Says, but I can't feel, like in a cartoon, but I can't feel anything. This was much hotter when it was only in my imagination. Hey, Z, in January, I wore a binder to work for the first time. Wearing a binder for too long. This is really sick stuff. It really is. There's actually a animation. There's actually an animation of one boy sucking another boy's dick. And, and the boy, oh, I see. So the one boy sucking another boy's dick. And it says, this is the visual I've been picturing, but I can't feel anything. This was much hotter when it was only in my imagination. And then there are a bunch of pictorials, pictorials of men having sex with each other. I mean, vi graphic on top of each other, showing their ass, kissing, uh, hold on. Then there's another one called This Book is Gay. Part one, boy on boy sex. Uh, and then it, then how sex apps work. Upload it. So it's, it's teaching. Listen to this. This is how sick this is. It's teaching children, children, how sex apps work. One, upload a tiny pic of yourself to the app. Two, the app works out your location. Three, the app tells you who the nearest homosexuals are. <laughs> Four, you then chat to them. This is insane. In and outs of gay sex. That's chapter nine. So this is the stuff that the left is saying are books that should be allowed. And if you don't allow these books, they call it book banning. They call it book burning and book burn, book banning. If you don't put these books in schools. It's it's truly insane. I mean, this is this is the sickest of sick stuff. 
There was a time not too long ago. Please tell me I'm not crazy. There was a time not too long ago where if an adult presented this stuff to children, the adult would go to jail. They would go to jail. Now, when you don't want to, this is, this is just, this is, now it's being pushed in schools. Now it's being pushed in schools, in liberal states. It's being pushed in schools in liberal states. Not only are you not going to jail for presenting this material to children, you're being applauded for presenting this material to children. That's how crazy, that's how insane things have gotten. But once again, they win the language game. They call it anti-bill banning. Bill, Bill, Bill Burn, Bill, uh, I'm sorry, book banning, anti-book banning. When it's actually pushing pornography to children, it's the pushing pornography to children bill. Why can't we get the language right? We simply need to get the language right. And then we'll win. Because we win on the issues. If you would ask most people, if you would ask most people, do they agree with this? Do they agree that children should be have access to this stuff in schools? How a sex app works, uh, animation of gay sex, cartoons of gay sex. Do they think this should be allowed? Most people in this country, forget the coast, but even many people on the coast, as screwed up as they are, I think would be against all that. But most people just go by the language that the Democrats push. And they don't know the stuff that's in these books. They think these books are like, uh, Billy thinks he might be gay. Billy thinks he might be bi. It's okay to be gay or bi. It's okay to be straight. It's okay to be whatever you want to be. They think that's what these books say, that conservatives, sorry, sane people want to ban, right? Oh, my God, look how horrible these people are. They just... They just they want to ban this stuff that just affirms what a child thinks about their own sexuality and sexual orientation. It's not at all. This is pornography. This is pushing. Uh, this is pushing uh, a certain sexual orientation on children. This is not allowing the innocence of childhood. There's plenty of time for sex apps. Believe me. Set plenty of time for sex apps. There's plenty of time for porn, believe me. There's plenty of time for all these things. But a child should be innocent. A child, that very short period of time of innocence during childhood should be allowed to occur. And Democrats now want to take that away. They want to take the innocence away. So understand why. Why? I can only say they're very sick people. They're incredibly sick individuals. And everything that's been said about them is now, is now uh, coming to fruition. That these people have a certain agenda that they want to push, a certain lifestyle. We've, I've talked about that in California with Scott Wiener, a certain fetish they want to push. And they want to push it on children and they want to make it into law. And the voters vote them in and allow it. The voters are allowing children to be destroyed, childhood, innocence to be destroyed. How sad, how sick, and how sad. 
Speaking of sick and sad, there's a couple of quick stories I want to get to. One has to do with uh, Broadway. I'm sure I'm sure people who listen to this podcast didn't watch the Tony Awards. But uh, in the Tony Awards, there's an actress named Danae Benton. Danae Benton. I never heard of her. But, you know, they're so insecure, these people, that they can't just accept awards or present awards. They're, they're so incredibly insecure that we talked about that, right? Where people have to put, I'm, I'm lesbian in my profile, showing how insecure they are. And so people are so insecure, they have to give these speeches, right? And so Danae Benton called Ron DeSantis the Grand Wizard of Florida, making obviously a KKK comparison. Now, this is a moron. Nothing I hate more than these elitist Hollywood Broadway types. They're elitist. They get paid way too much money. They get paid more than doctors. They get paid more than teachers. They're elitists. They live on a pedestal. They have no connection to reality at all. They're spoiled little bitches. And I can't stand them. I hate them. But to be so fucking dumb as to call Ron DeSantis the Grand Wizard of Florida, maybe actually making a KKK comparison, it's actually the Democrats who were – basically started the KKK. It wasn't Republicans anyway. And Democrats don't understand that, that they were the ones who were the slave drivers, okay? They were the ones who were into slavery and they were the ones who were racists in the 50s and 60s, okay? Uh, many, many very high-profile Democrats were the biggest racists, you know, just 60, 70 years ago. So they don't even know that because it's so fucking stupid. They think it's all Republican. It's always been Republican and it hasn't been. The Democrats were the party of racism. They still are, right? In a different way, but they're still the party of racism. Everything's about race. Everything's about making sure, you know, uh, black people feel inferior to white people. This is what the Democrats are all about. So they really, they really never, you know, lost their roots, I guess, right? Their roots are the same. It must be a DNA thing with the Democrats. But, but these idiots like Denae Benton, they don't understand that. They think like Republicans have always been the party of, of racism and oppression and slavery. And of course, not, not the case at all. So, but they, Lincoln was a Republican. I don't know if they know that. Maybe they're not sure of that. Lincoln was a Republican, right? George Wallace, wasn't George Wallace a Democrat? Yeah, George Wallace was a Democrat. So Lincoln was a Republican. George Wallace was a Democrat. So, you know, but this is, they don't understand. They don't care about this stuff. History, facts, doesn't matter. But to call Ron DeSantis the Grimmers of Florida, where would you get that from? Where would you possibly get that from? Well, because your friends in CNN like Anderson Cooper and MSNBC like Rachel Maddow, they say that. They say that. But it's interesting because governors like Gavin Newsom and Kathy Hochul and Cuomo and and uh, Pritzker, that sounds a lot like prick, doesn't it? Doesn't Pritzker sound like prick? Pricker? Prick? Prickster? They closed the economy, which we know hurt black people more than white people. But uh, closing the economy in states like California and Illinois and New York hurt black people. It hurt minorities where Ron DeSantis kept the economy open. OK, but it's interesting that she calls Ron DeSantis the Grand Wizard of Florida when black people were able to thrive here over the last three years. Unlike places like California and New York and uh, Michigan, 
where black and brown people and minorities were destroyed. They lost their jobs. They lost their livelihoods. They had to beg the government for $1,000 every few months. White people weren't affected by that. Rich white people, rich Broadway stars and Hollywood types were not affected by the lockdowns. This is how selfish and ignorant these people are. She's an idiot. But all these people, all they do, whether it's Broadway or or uh, Hollywood, all they do is flagellate each other, right? It's all the self-flagellation and this 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 uh, mutual flagellation of each other. That's all they do. They say, they say stupid things that have no basis in fact, and they cheer each other. It's like a big jack-off fest. It's absolutely disgusting. These people make me fucking sick. Who can watch those fucking shows anymore? Awards they don't deserve, and they can't even just keep it to that. They have to make these ridiculous political statements that just show how incredibly ignorant they are. But I want to end on a different note, kind of a somber note, since we're talking about actors. Um, I want to, this is an actor who I liked. I just, just happened uh, before I went on the air tonight. Treat Williams was killed. Uh, Treat Williams was killed in his ranch uh, in Vermont. Uh, after a, he was evidently riding his motorbike and some guy in a Honda turned into him, slammed into him. He was wearing a helmet, but it didn't matter. He was airlifted to a hospital and he died. Uh, Treat Williams was uh, 71. That's a tragic death. Treat Williams dead at the age of 71 in this uh, horrible motorcycle accident. But Treat Williams is a really good actor. Remember Everwood and Hair, in the movie Hair? Hair was a fantastic musical. Um, and uh, Prince of the City, The Ritz, uh, a, a very talented guy who could do a lot of different things. And I think his performance in Prince of the City is pretty brilliant in a very underrated film. It's a Sidney Lumet film about uh, police corruption. But I think it kind of it came out, what, maybe six or seven years after Serpico. And uh, Serpico was seen as the great film about Police corruption, it was. And Al Pacino's performance was great. Also directed by Sidney Lumet. But this one was a different case having to do with police corruption. And uh, Sidney Lumet directed it, Prince of the City. And uh, Treat Williams was the star. And he was fantastic in it. And the film was great. I think on many levels, maybe just as good as Serpico. But underrated. And I think Treat Williams in general was an underrated actor. You compare that great dramatic performance to his incredibly great comical performance as a as a gay man in the film The Ritz. In the film The Ritz, with, with another great actor uh, with great range, F. Murray Abraham, who could do Scarface and also uh, an Amadeus and The Ritz. Another great actor from Brooklyn, by the way, F. Murray Abraham. So Treat Williams died, and that's a tragic, tragic big big loss. I pretty much, I feel this one. Sometimes you feel them, and I feel this more than I feel the others. I guess of my generation too, right? The 70s, 80s, into the 90s, he was doing a lot of stuff. So, you know, I wanted to mention that. Uh, essay, is there anything else we can cover today or move it to tomorrow? My sinuses have been killing me. I mean, they're really bad. So I'm pushing through these shows, even though it's not easy to talk for an hour and a half when you have a sinus issue. So I'm going to, I might play it by ear this week to see how I feel. I'm going to try to do show every night, but look at the schedule. But if there are shows this week, they will be around 11 ish, 11, 1130 uh, Eastern time. 
um, because I'm on the East Coast. Tomorrow night's the Stanley Cup final, and I'm going to watch that. So hopefully there'll be a show after the – I'll do maybe I'll do a post-Stanley Cup final <laughs> show <laughs> tomorrow night, as this was a post-NBA final show, basketball and hockey season coming to an end. And it's all about baseball. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to a very stuffed up, my stuffed up nose. Maybe Big Pharma can help me. Hey, Big Pharma, can you help my sinus condition? They can't help with the, these, you know, these very common things that every, millions of people have. They have no real cure for. But they want to stick a needle in your arm for like, and they think, a virus is going to, they think of the, they think a pandemic is going to end because they're going to stick a needle. It's really amazing to me. I mean, there are these common things that people deal with, like real things, I should say, that millions and millions of people deal with every year. Not, you know, not the, the, uh, overblown COVID-19 stuff that people deal with since the beginning of time and big pharma, their answer is saline solution and Sudafed. That's it. Anyway, thanks for listening. I don't want to complain too much. But the name of the show is in Let's Be Heard. And uh, until next time, this is Mike Ashopoli reminding you, very important, reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.